Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's great to be here. Um, and uh, I'm excited to share with you. As Adam said, I'm not just here because I'm his son, although I do. We were remembering the first time Adam came. Sorry? Ah, other way around. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to a certain age, eh, Adam? Um, the first time Adam came to York for the Open Day, 2011, was uh, this weekend, Open Day. And uh, I was somewhere overseas. We can't, I can't actually remember where. And I'd booked the train tickets for Adam and his mum, who sat there, and his younger brother, to come up to the Open Day. Unfortunately, it turned out, when they got on the train and they presented the tickets to the um, conductor coming around, that I'd actually booked the tickets for the weekend before. Fortunately, the ticket conductor was a lady, and she was happily able to agree with my wife that I was a complete idiot. <laughs> and we, they got left off. So, um, but anyway, it was obviously a good weekend, because Adam decided he wanted to come to York, and York decided they'd have him, and all these years later, he's still here. And more than anything, he met Sarah. So, um, best, best daughter-in-law I've got, eh? Brilliant. <laughs> so, Adam mentioned he'd seen some changes in me over the um, last few years. I didn't always have a passion for healing. I, I, I'll let you to a secret. I used, I've been a church elder in our church. I, we, I come from a Baptist church. It's great, isn't it? I come from a Baptist church. We're in a Methodist church to an Anglican congregation. I think that's wonderful. Um, and when you're an elder in a church... You, it says that stuff in James, where if you're sick, call on the elders. You may have remembered. And, and, and if you're an elder, you're expected to go and pray for people who are sick. So I got asked to pray for people, and I couldn't get out of it because I was an elder. But I didn't really kind of, if I'm honest, kind of like know what I was doing. And I'd pray, and then I'd scarper, okay? Because I didn't really, didn't really think, you know, anything would have happened. Um, and it changed for me kind of over a period of time, but the really time it changed was um, I had a sabbatical five years ago, and as part of that, I decided I'd heard somebody called Bill Johnson. Anybody heard of Bill Johnson? He's from Bethel Church in Reading, and he said, if you really want to get into healing, and I kind of thought, mm, go to Brazil with Rand, this guy called Randy Clark. Um, so I did. There was about 50 of us <laughs> on a trip to Brazil in, in a place called Londrina, which called, means Little London in the southern part of Brazil. We were there for about nine days. And I, and I, so I was on this trip, and I, the first few days I was thinking, what on earth am I doing here? Okay? God is moving powerfully. There's all these people anointed. I couldn't even pray for a, like, a headache to go. And I felt... And anyway, one night I had a, I had a kind of powerful encounter where somebody prayed for me and prophesied, and it kind of like something shifted. Anyway, the next day, the next night, um, the way the meetings would happen is um, there'd be worship, like this was Brazil, so this is like worship for an hour and like full-blown. We were in a church called the Jungle Church because it was on the edge of the city in the jungle. It was an amazing place. And then um, Randy Clark comes to teach, and he shows kind of like... He'll teach about healing, and then he'll show a video of some people getting healed, and a bunch of people get healed just watching a video. And then, and then he teach. I mean, 
then, then he, then because when faith is there, it rises up. So then, then at the end of his teaching, all the people in his team have to come up, stand up, and you have to give what's called a word of knowledge. I'll explain those at the end. Um, and anyway, I'd been praying. There was an intercession team, like in a room over there praying, and we came up, and I was saying, God, whatever it is, just give me an easy word of knowledge, please. Give me an easy word of knowledge, please. And I got brain tumor, which I don't think is an easy word of knowledge. I still don't think it's... A, anyway, the guy came up, and, and I couldn't, and I prayed for him, and I, I tried to bless him, but I couldn't, you couldn't tell if he was healed or not. The one thing that Randy Clark tells you when you're on his teams is whatever you do, because I don't, he said, I don't really care if people get healed or not. What I care about is if they feel loved. So the only thing that you have to do if you're in a team with Randy Clark is you have to make sure you love people. Just love them, he said. Love on them. So you just do. Your, so that's what you try and do. You just love people, and pray. Anyway, this guy went, and he was like, he was. I just tried to love him. Next person, I'll never forget it. There was a mum, and her daughter. She must have been early thirties, and the daughter was like seven or eight. And she had. They both had a curvet, bad curvature of the spine, and she had really thick glasses. So I kind of. Remember, I didn't see nothing. I kind of go, uh, uh, come Holy Spirit. And before I could do anything, it's on the floor, the mum, rolling around. And anyway, she gets up and her back was completely straight and she didn't need her glasses anymore. And I was like, <laughs> man of faith. And the same thing happened to her daughter. Same thing happened to her daughter. And that night, every person I prayed for got healed. So by the time you prayed for two or three people and they got healed, it was, come on, God's going to heal you. And you get to the end of the year, you go, anyway, I came back, and that carried on, you know, I've seen people get healed the rest. I came back to this country, I said, why can't that happen here? Doesn't just happen in Brazil or Africa or something like that. It's got to happen here. And that's been my journey, is pressing into how can that happen here, okay? Not just in my life, but in my church and in every church in this country. Why can't it be like that? Um, so, that's kind of why I've ended up here, okay? And along the way, <laughs> I've seen God move. So now, instead of, like, and I had seen people healed before, instead of being shocked if you got healed, I'm like, so you're not healed, what's going on, okay? So like a third of the people I guess we see, we pray for, get healed, and you can tell they've been healed there, 80% or more. So, so a third, there's something happening. God's touching them. It's on some kind of process. And a third, you haven't yet seen the healing. Okay? But I believe every time you pray for somebody, God is at work. Okay? But they might not have be healed there. Okay? We'll maybe talk about why that is a bit later. Um, but I don't ever let that stop me. Okay? I'd like to concentrate on the third, where, and the two-thirds where God is clearly at work rather than concentrate on what isn't happening. Because okay? if you build on what's not happening... You get discouraged. So, if you've got a Bible, I say that in the full expectation that you're all going to do what I do, which is to get out your phones. It doesn't matter if you've got a phone or a Bible. Turn to Acts 3, because that's, that's, you're going through the book of Acts at the moment. And we're going to start off by reading just this passage in um, beginning of Acts chapter 3. So, this is shortly after... Um, Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit's poured out on the church. So Jesus has died, been resurrected, gone back to heaven. Holy Spirit's poured out on the church. And then one day, one day, 
it says, Peter and John. So Peter and John were part of Jesus' kind of mob, part of his disciples. They were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. So remember, these, these are good Jews, okay? They were doing, the, the temple was where they went. They kind of didn't have a church like we do today. Um, they, the nearest to that was, was temple. So they were going part of their normal kind of spiritual discipline. They were going up to the time of prayer. And it says, now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. So that's, that's still in the world. There are many places where there are beggars and they look at you and I don't know, you know, you, what do you do? Okay, they're begging for you, um, begging for money. And it says... And, and everybody would have seen this man. They'd have kind of, you know, he, that was his spot, okay? He said, Peter looked at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. Get his attention. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Really simple prayer and a command walk and taking him by the right hand he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong and he jumped to his feet and he began to walk and then they went into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God and he said then when all the people saw him walking and praising God they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him and then we go on and we read in the following um after that, that, G, that Peter basically used that as a, as a brilliant way to then tell them, hey, this is Jesus. And then he got into trouble with the authorities, etc. And you can read that in, in Acts and you're no going to be looking at it. So we see here Peter kind of grabbing hold of this man and, and, and miraculously healing him. So why would Peter do that? Peter learnt... From, from being with Jesus for, for three years. Okay, Peter was a humble, um, uneducated fisherman. Okay? But he'd spent three years with Jesus. He'd heard him speak. Um, he'd seen what he'd done. He kind of picked it up. And, and, he'd, and he'd heard stuff from Jesus. And uh, Jesus had, had kind of sent him out to practice. So we're going to look at a bit of what Peter would have heard that got Peter from somewhere where he was like a fisherman to he was going around commanding people to be healed who were crippled and that was happening. So probably started back in Luke chapter 4. Apparently the fact that the font keeps changing is down to me not being a millennial according to my son. And not knowing how to work technology, but I don't know if that... It worked fine on my computer, that's all I'm saying. Um, so, Jesus, Jesus um, in Luke spent um, 40 days in the desert, and he was tempted. And then it says, full of the Holy Spirit, he came, and he returned to Galilee, and he went to his hometown, Nazareth, and he went to the synagogue, which was what he used to do. And when he went in, they gave him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Because okay, in those days, um, they had scrolls. 
So actually, if you go to the Museum of the Book in Jerusalem, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, there is a book of Isaiah, and you can see a scroll there. And it's actually open to Isaiah 61, which is where Jesus was reading from, except in those days it didn't have chapter breaks. Okay? And he read these words. They're, they're in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were on him. And he began by saying, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is like Jesus' manifesto. We're about to have an election, I'm afraid, in the next few months. Um, and we'll hear all of what people are saying in the manifesto. This was Jesus' manifesto. This is what he came, he said, to do. And um, Peter would have heard it, that Jesus was saying, yeah, I am the Messiah, and I've come to bring healing and recovery and freedom for people. So, and we read, if we read the Gospels, account after account of where Jesus healed people. So if we go to the end of Luke if we go to the end of Luke chapter 4, we'll read, it says that um, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. So it's story after story after story where Jesus just healed loads and loads of people. Okay. Uh, and the, core, the word that's often used in the New Testament Greek is the word sozo. Okay. And the word sozo, we've got a few theologians in our midst, haven't we? can be translated, depending on the context, in three different ways. It can be translated as saved, but it can also be translated as delivered, i.e. evil spirits have got rid of, and it can be translated as healed. There is a sense when you read the word saved, people who've been Christians for a long time, we can reduce that word down to I'm saved, my eternal future is guaranteed, I'm going to go to heaven when I die, great news. Okay, And that's brilliant, but it is more than just that. It is also... I'm delivered, I'm set free from the things that might oppress me, and I'm healed and I can be made whole. So part of what Jesus was doing, he was embodying that as to how he behaved and how he brought that. So we see that happening. So, and he, he went around doing this, and Peter would have seen that, and he would have kind of marveled. And then we get to Luke chapter 9. Honestly, we do. Yeah. Jesus, and it says that Jesus called the 12 to him, the disciples to him, and it said um, he gave them power and authority. So up till then, they just watched him. Now he said, I'm giving you power and authority to drive out demons, cure diseases. And he said, basically, I'm sending you out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And guess what happened? Guess what happened? They went out and they healed people. And it said... Um, so they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the gospel and healing people everywhere. And then we read in the next chapter, he did it to the, to the 10, to the, to the 72. He did it again. So Jesus gave his disciples power and authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal people. And what did Jesus do when he lived his life? He died on the cross, he rose again, he got all his disciples back in Galilee, and he gave this talk. We call it the Great Commission. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. What do you think the everything included? It's a hint. What do you think the everything included? Well, included healing, okay? Because he, he trained them, didn't he, before? He sent them out to do it. Um, just, just suppose I, I've got a car out, parked out the front, um, and I give my keys to Megan, and I say, Megan, you can use my car. You've got my car for the next week, okay? Please be kind to it. But anyway, and I would like you to shift all of this stuff here um, out of this building and go and put it in somewhere else in York, okay? But you've got the car for the rest of the week. Just get on and do that job. That's your job. Your job is to shift this stuff and to take it there, okay? And if every time Megan went to use the car, she'd come to me and say, oh, Alistair, Alistair, can I use your car, please? I've said, I've given you the keys. Can you just get on with it? Okay? I'm going about my business. And Megan rings up and she says, oh, Alistair, can I use your car, please? I've given you the car and I've told you you can do it. I think it's like that with healing. Jesus has said, I have given you power and authority as my disciples. and I've commanded you to go tell people about me, preach the good news of the kingdom, and demonstrate it. Bring healing, bring freedom, love people. It's a command, okay? It's not an optional extra. When you come to pray for somebody, you don't need to be under any doubt that God wants to heal them. You don't need to go, Lord, if it be your will, because he's commanded it. So we know it's his will. Okay? And walking in that confidence, it, it kind of makes a huge difference. And that's what we saw had happened to Peter. He had become confident that he, had, he knew he had power and authority that Jesus had given him to come and share the kingdom, share the kingdom of God and preach. Remember it said in Isaiah, we, we say at Christmas, that wonderful thing about unto us a child is given. Okay? And it says in that, that the, the government will be on his shoulders and of it, the increase of it, there will be no end. Okay? Jesus said to his disciples, you're going to do even greater works than I did. Okay? And that's on us. It's come through the generations in the church that it is now on us. That mandate is on us, and that includes healing. And that's part of the growth of his kingdom. There are more Christians now than there's ever been. There are more people becoming Christians today, every day, than there ever have been before. There are more miracles being done every single day than there have ever been done before in history. There are, there's a revival happening in places like Iran. There are people being supernaturally healed in Afghanistan. You never hear it on the news for obvious reason. God is on the way, on the move. And why should it be any different in England? <laughs> okay? Why should it be any different in your life and my life? So, what happened? Peter, we see this amazing miracle. Oh, we see this amazing miracle happen. And then what happens? We, we, if we go on into Luke, into Luke 5, we read that, that all the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders among the people. And, and everybody used to meet together. Um, and more and more people were added to their number. And it says in verse 15, as a result, people brought those who were ill into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on them. Wow. Just the guy's shadow needed to fall on people. Okay. Um, and it says, all of them were healed. That's what happened in the 
with Jesus, that's what happened in the early church. That's, that's the standard. So my desire in life isn't that my experience of healing or anything else is set by my experience. And when, you've, when you're as old as I am, okay, you have had quite a lot of disappointments. Okay? I've had lots of people I love die okay? but I am, that I prayed for. But I am not going to let my experience govern what I do. I'm going to let the Word of God, the Bible, what God said, what God has done, govern what I do. I'm having a good time here, aren't I, Adam? <laughs> Who needs a watch, eh? Um, so how do, we, how do we step into this? How do we step into this? So it's interesting when Peter prayed, he prayed a really simple prayer. Okay? Now, this is, this is the mnemonic that I kind of come up with and talk about in the book to help you remember what to do and help me to remember what to do. It is not a law. You don't have to follow this. It's just a guideline. Okay? If you're not sure what to do, it just helps you get going. Okay? So if, I've, if somebody's in front of me and I want to pray for healing... Why might I want to pray for healing? Because I see that they're in need and I love them and I want to help them. Or I might have that feeling like the Holy Spirit's going, pray for them, okay? So the first thing is H, okay? Which is, what's wrong with you? How long have you had it? And that sort of thing, okay? Sometimes God will show that to you, but often you've got to hear from them. And, but it's hear from the person and hear, listen to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit might say something more that you might need to know. The second, the E, is exercise faith okay, and pray for them. And usually, as you saw in the prayer from Peter here, this wasn't a, oh, if it be your will, Lord. This was, come on, this was be healed. If you look at the prayers in the New Testament that Jesus prayed and the apostles prayed, they were command prayers. Okay? Because you and I are commanded, we are given authority and power, we're told by Jesus to pray for healing. It is not, it's not something we need to doubt. So, so usually a command prayer, unless God tells you differently, a command prayer is be healed in Jesus' name. Pain go in Jesus' name. It can be that simple. Um, doesn't have to be long-winded. Then ask what's happening. That's what I never used to do. As if it was anything to do with me. As if it's anything to, it's nothing to do with you or me. It's Jesus. It's Jesus demonstrating his love for people. So ask them, well, well what's happened? Okay? And, and you've got to be ready to do your game face, okay? Because it's like, well, no, you know, what, what's happened? But you often will hear, oh, something started happening, or I feel this, or try it out. Oh, the pain's gone. So ask what's happened. If necessary, go back and pray again, and ask what's happening. Pray again, ask what's happening. So that's the, that's the A. And then L is just to remind you to love, to encourage, to affirm people. And if people are healed, you've got to walk out your healing, okay? Just, just remind people, keep pressing into God, pre reading scripture. Psalm 103 was a great example to read that Adam read earlier. And help them to walk out their healing. So, but it's very simple. So, as Adam said, I, I remember going into, it was actually Waitrose, my local Waitrose. I went to, we went to get Sunday lunch with my youngest son, David, and we went up to the chicken rotisserie counter. And as I went to get a chicken, there's nothing like hot chicken for Sunday lunch, was there? And 
I could, the attendant, the, 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 the lady on it was, she was clearly in pain. Okay, she, she was like bending, oh, she was, and I said, oh, are you in, are you in pain? She said, oh, yeah, my back's killing me. And I said, this might sound strange, but in my church, we pray for people who are sick or have problems, and they often get healed. Would you mind me praying for you after you've done my chicken? Okay. <laughs> she said, no, that's okay. So she, she served my chicken. And then I just, this is, what, this is what I would normally do. This is what you can do. Okay. Is um, you go up to somebody, if you're doing that, you say, I might say, depending on what, how I'm feeling, I might say, would you mind if I just put my hand on you? Or I might just say, say after me, Jesus, please heal me. You don't have to. But Jesus, please heal me. So she just said, oh, Jesus, please heal me. She may have, most people who aren't Christians, they have no grid for this. They have no expectation. They have no reason to think what is or isn't going to happen. And then I just said, just, I just command all pain to go now for you to be healed in Jesus' name. And she goes, oh, that's a bit better. So I prayed again, all pain go now in the name of Jesus. Amen. So how's that? Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. <gasps> Oh, wow. So I go on to carry on my shop. I had to go and find my son now, David, because as soon as he saw what was going to happen, she knew what was going to happen, he'd scarpered. <laughs> he, he, my family tend to do that. With, they're with me now. They kind of, anyway, and you could, we could see, from, we were kind of looking from another eye, and you could see her. She was like talking to her friends like, did you see? And they were kind of like, because they had no idea what happened. Okay. But she, I said, it's Jesus who's healed you. Okay. It's not me. Do you know they say that people need seven or eight encounters with a Christian, encounters with Jesus before they become a Christian? Okay? Sometimes you have an encounter like that and they become a Christian. Sometimes it's just like, and then they'll meet somebody else and somebody will share something. Something will happen. So it takes time for people to go. And we're just part of that loving on people. And as long as we're coming in love, in my experience, people are just blessed. As long as, because most people because they have no expectation that God heals them. If you just love them and ask them about it and offer to pray, they're just blessed because you care. Let alone if they then get healed. Let alone if it happens to be at the chicken rotisserie in the, in the waitrose. Other supermarkets are available, and it works just as well. <laughs> so, um, what are we doing? Okay. Um, keep it simple when you pray. It doesn't have to be long, flowery prayers. Okay, we're going to practice in a few minutes. Okay? Simple, short, command prayers in the name of Jesus, and then ask what's happened. So, now, I believe that every single believer can pray for people to be, who are sick and they'll get healed. But it is also true that healing gifts are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? doesn't matter how you've, long you've been a Christian. You may, God, God can still use you. And we'll pray for you to get these gifts in a minute. Okay? So I believe that there are these gifts. But amongst the gifts he talks about are some in red. That's only because I've put it in red. But there's such a thing as a message of knowledge, words of knowledge, um, faith, gifts of healing. There are lots of different kind of gifts and miraculous powers. Okay? We haven't got time to go, and what's the difference between healing and miracles? Healing is just speeding up the natural God-given ability of our bodies to get better. So, so 
all of this stuff in healing is cooperating with what God has built into our bodies in the same way that doctors, nurses, other clinicians do, okay? When we're praying for people, we're on the same side as doctors and nurses and counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists. We're all working together, okay? It's not like what they're doing isn't part of God's healing, okay? It's just as much, okay? So if you're studying a clinical profession or something like that, you know, it's as much for you, okay? So you can use, you can pray for people. You have to do it in a appropriate way, but you can pray for people as well, okay? But it's, but God is using you in the way you're doing things as well. M- miraculous stuff is tend to be stuff that is clearly going like metal dissolving, okay? So I remember as a guy in our church, I had a, what's called a word of knowledge. I'll explain what that is in a minute. For a shoulder pain, he came up and he'd had a shoulder replacement 25 years ago, okay? So he had metal in his shoulder and he couldn't move his sh- arm more than a certain amount and, and he was in lots of pain. Anyway, we prayed, and he got full movement of his shoulder, and all the pain was gone. Now, he could only have got that if the metal had somehow gone, or adhered. And, and that's, that we would call a miracle. It's still Jesus doing it. So, what's critical is 1 Corinthians 12 comes before 1 Corinthians 13, which is all about love. So whenever we go into praying for people about healing, we have to do it in love because that's the context that, that Jesus would have us operate in, okay? And we, we, we read this at weddings, but we should read it just as much, you know, in healing services because love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So whatever you're going to do, keep loving people. And one of the things that people could have got hurt by is that, is that love, healing didn't come in love. So it's got to come in love. Um, and it's interesting because he then goes on and says about prophecies. He says prophecies are going to cease one day. And, and we prophesy... Where there are tongues, they'll be still. Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. So until we go, until Jesus comes back, we don't know everything. Okay? And I think that applies to healing as well. Okay? I do not know why some people I have prayed for who are the most godly people I know haven't got healed. I don't know. But I don't worry about it. Because what, what I've, the way I deal with it is I have, I know that God is good, utterly good. So I have metaphorically in my head, what I call a mystery box, okay, beside me, which is bounded by the goodness of God, by the truth of God. I know God is utterly good. Who am I? I don't understand why things happen. And anything I don't understand, both good things and bad things, there's plenty of good things I don't understand, I put into the mystery box that I trust God. There's a friend of mine who who had cystic fibrosis who died last year, age 32, of cystic fibrosis, an amazing Christian. And he said... It says in Philippians that, that God gives us a peace that passes all understanding. And he said, sometimes in order to have peace, we have to give up trying to understand. Okay? And that's how he lived his life. <laughs> okay? And so I'm happy to say, look, I don't understand everything, but I'm going to trust you, God. And, and, and I think we have to have that mindset when we're going to move forward, moving in love. So... 
One of the ways God activates us and helps us in healing is called a word of knowledge. Who's ever heard of a word of knowledge? Brilliant, half of you have. Who's had a word of knowledge? Brilliant, half of you have, the other half, we're going to have a go in a minute. Okay, so a word of knowledge is, is a supernatural, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural revelation of information by the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it's a rhema word of God. It's a fresh word of God, okay? It's not, it, it's always going to be consistent, it's never going to be inconsistent with what God said in the Bible, okay? But it's, but it's a reason now. Okay? And when you hear a word of knowledge for healing in particular, it's like saying God is, on the, God is working here and he wants to heal this sort of problem. Okay? So if you hear that and you've got that problem, go, yes, God's here and he wants to heal it. I'll have that. And that's what they do in Brazil and Argentina and places like that. They see it on a video. They go, God's going to heal. Oh, I'm going to have that. They hear a word of knowledge. They go, oh, I have that. And they get healed even before anybody's prayed for them. Okay? And so it signals God's desire to heal. So, it's a gift of the Spirit. For instance, Jesus had one. It talks in, remember when the guys got lowered down the roof? The paralytic got lowered down the roof and Jesus saw them and he said in the passage, Jesus knew in his spirit what people were thinking. That's a word of knowledge. Um, eight different ways you can have a word of knowledge. Honestly. Okay. Doesn't matter we won't have time to go into the detail. In the book, I kind of go through all the examples of these, etc. but eight different ways. So you can feel a pain or a sensation in your body that's not yours. Okay? So if you suddenly sit there and you're thinking, when I pray in a minute, you're suddenly getting a pain somewhere, going, oh my goodness, that isn't yours. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a word of knowledge, usually, saying God wants to heal that. It could be an impression. You suddenly get an impression of something. Oh. Um. You might get a, some people get a picture of the word. They literally see somebody and they see a word going above them. Or you might see a vision. Some people have an open vision. You might, you might suddenly find yourself speaking it out. Where did that come from? It's the Holy Spirit. You might dream it. Okay. I dreamt once that there was a lady at church and I dreamt, I saw that her back and it was like a cash till and it went out and, then, and went back in. I was thinking, this is really trying to get in and then it was the next day I saw her at church and and basically her back was in real pain and I suddenly go ah God wants to heal your back so we prayed for her and her back got better okay or you could hear it some people hear it so those are all the different ways in which you might receive a word of knowledge so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and give you words of knowledge. I'm then going to ask people to come and, if you think you've got a word of knowledge, be brave. This is a safe space, okay? okay? Unless we step out, take a risk. Okay, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Unless we take a risk, we're never going to get anywhere. But as long as you're loving people, honestly, you're not, you're not going to get in trouble. Okay? You're not going to offend one of your friends if you go, oh, I'm just wondering, has anybody in here got a really bad pain in their leg? Because I'm, I'm feeling it. And somebody goes, yeah, I've got a pain. You say, would you mind if I pray for you? Or it could be your shoulder. Um, and you pray for them. That, that, 
and they get healed, they're just, they're just going to go, what? And you're going to have a very different conversation. Okay. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to give you a chance to give, share words of knowledge, okay? And then we'll pray for people, and we'll practice that. And, and you all pray for each other, okay? Is that okay? All right, that's what we're going to do. Um, it's always great if you're being activated in something, if you're willing to, to stand up. Is that okay? And just hold your hands out in front of you because I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to give you a gift, okay? I'm asking for him to give you a gift. I'm asking him to give you something. And so this is, this, holding your hands out is a sign of receiving it. And then we're going to wait for a bit for the Holy Spirit just to come. And then I'm going to ask you to sit down and, and ask anybody who's got a word of knowledge to come and share a word of knowledge. So, Father God, we want to thank you that you're an amazing Father and that you love to give good gifts. And I ask now, in the name of Jesus, that you would send upon your people here gifts of healing, gifts to work miracles, and the gift of words of knowledge. I pray you would activate people in the power of the Holy Spirit, in love, to pray for friends and strangers and people they meet, that they might see them healed by you, Lord Jesus, and set free. So come, Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, and activate people now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just wait, okay? And if you think you have a word of knowledge, you may, have, you may feel it, hear it, see it, get an impression. Just, just be brave and come up to the front and stand by me. And that's great. And then we'll quickly share those and see where we're going to go with it, okay? Let's be quiet for a minute.